Fire. How many of you like a good fire? All right. I love fire. I've had many instances in my life where I've made fires way too big. No matter how I plan for these fires, many of them have gotten out of my control. For instance, when I was 12 years old and I was raised in the state of Washington where it's legal to burn your trash and debris, and my parents said, go out and burn the trash, Steve. I said, okay, I'll go out and burn the trash. So took the trash out, went out to the fire pit, and uh, I, but before I did that, I may have snuck into my mother's hairspray collection. Aquanet bottle, you know what that is? Aerosol can, they're really fun. Uh, anyways, that's good for a fire, right? Nope. 14 acres later and a small brush fire would say otherwise. How about putting warm, lukewarm, they were warm, lukewarm ashes out of my fire pit in my backyard. I needed to have new, more room in the, in the fire pit. I took those out to the trash can one evening a few years ago and put the lukewarm in the, in the ashes in the trash can and closed the lid. It's great, right? Nope. Got a phone call while I'm here at work from my amazing wife, Chaney, who informed me that we no longer had a trash can that we had a pile of molten plastic in its place. Still don't know what happened with that. Anyways, <laughs> lastly, just a few months ago, my family and I were in the backyard. We're burning some trash and debris and just having a campfire back there. And uh, we're all in the back and I hear some rumbling outside. I'm like, what is that? So I, I lean around the side of the house and I look out there and there's a giant red truck out there. <laughs> Men in blue jump out and they start running at me. I'm like, what's going on? Everything okay? The guy's yelling at me, hey, sir, are you all right? Well, yeah, I'm fine, I'm in a campfire. Nope, fire was way too big, needed to be put out immediately. So I got my garden hose, put out the fire in the backyard, because apparently you have to do what the city of Cheyenne Fire Department tells you to do. All of this to say that because of my love of fire, I get carried away at times and I act outside of normal human rational thinking. It's very easy for us to do this in our spiritual lives as well. I know that I can easily pursue my own plans, my own purposes, and my own pleasures instead of those of God. Is it possible that any of you struggle with your own type of fire as well? something that keeps you from the purposes and plans that God has for your life. Hey guys, welcome to Element Church. My name is Steve Doolin. I am the outreach pastor here. And uh, if you're watching us on video or you're here in person, I just wanna say thank you so much for being a part of this. It's an honor to be up here sharing with you what God has laid on my heart and I uh, hope that you guys get something great out of it. Today, I wanna to tie into the rest of the glory series that we've been doing for the last few weeks and will continue for the next few more. And what we've been talking about in this section of uh, the glory series is being united, how, how God's glory unites us. If we are all pursuing God's will in our lives, it will unite us. So our signature or pilot verse for this entire series is out of the book of Romans, and it's 
Romans chapter 11, verse 36, and it says this, for everything comes from him and exists by his power and is intended for his glory, all glory to him forever, amen. This means everything, even what God's will is and what it might look like for your life. And that's what we're gonna be talking about today. Romans 13, verses 11 through 14, is, uh, ties into the series through an urgency to the return of Jesus Christ. Jesus is going to return, but the time is unknown when it will be. Because of that, there should be an urgency in our desire to be inside the will of God. There should be an urgency to position ourselves at the center of God's will. This section of scripture, it really convicted me and helped me focus more on, on positioning myself in God's will. It made me do a checkup on my own spiritual habits and what my daily walk looked like with Jesus. I hope that you get the same or similar results after today's message. I counsel a lot of people here at the church throughout the week, and one of the pressing questions that I get is, what is God's will for my life? Ultimately, this can only be answered by the person asking the question. I can give advice, but the person asking the question must look deep within themselves and see if they're even positioned to hear from God. If you aren't positioned to hear from him, then how could you ever know what his will would be for your life? By positioned, I mean seeking him. What do your spiritual habits look like? Do you read the Bible every day? Do you pray to God daily? Not just to ask for things, but to have an open communication with him. God is big. He can handle a relationship with you. No matter what you're facing, no matter what you need, he is bigger. He wants to have a relationship with you and he wants to speak into your life. But you have to let him. You probably won't hear an audible voice from him. I'm not saying that it won't happen, but I believe it's highly unlikely because God uses his word, the Bible, or people and community and prayer to speak into our lives. Because of my love of fire, I get carried away at times. I found myself outside the will of my parents, the will of the fire department, or worse yet, the will of the law. As I said before, I wonder if any of us struggle with our own type of spiritual fire that is keeping us outside the will of God. Are you positioned to see the will of God in your life? The promise of Christ's return should cause us to want to position ourselves in his will. All of that to say, or to ask this big question, big question for today is how do we position ourselves in God's will? I hope to answer, help you answer this question for yourself by the end of today's service. If you don't believe in Jesus and you're here, I'm really glad that you're here. You may not care what the answer is to this question, but I do believe that God has a will or purpose for your life and it pertains to you. I welcome you, if you don't have a Bible, we'd love to give you one for free out in the lobby. Stop by guest services and just tell them or ask them, hey, I'd love a Bible for free, like free, you know, free 99. That was, that was dumb. Anyways, 
It was funnier when I thought of it. Okay. Uh, today, point number one. We need to wake up. Romans 13, verse 11 says, this is all the more urgent, for you know how late it is. Time is running out. Wake up, for our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. Some of you may be asking, what is more urgent? Paul, the writer of Romans, is summoning us here to be alert, to be prepared. Our time on earth is limited, and our salvation is drawing nearer every day if you believe in him. Paul isn't speaking here about knowing when Jesus will return, just the fact that he will and that we need to be ready for it. We can't allow ourselves to be put to sleep by busyness or a distracting world that is slowly creeping into our lives to take our eyes off of Christ. Is your alarm set? Most of us are asleep or busy and buried every day. The enemy uses this to distract us and keep us complacent and not moving or pursuing Jesus. How are we protecting ourselves and remaining alert? We don't know when Christ is, return, is going to return, but are we ready for it? We need to wake up and seek Jesus. We need to wake up and help our children seek Jesus. Most of us want better for our children than we ever had for ourselves. Why aren't we putting aside the busyness of life and helping ourselves and our children to seek Christ more? Are we desperate to have our family and friends with us in heaven? Do we reach out and do we walk and talk with those that are hurting? Let me ask you two questions. Are you awake enough to pray? Are you disciplined enough to pray to God? 1 Peter 4, 7 says, the end of the world is coming soon. Therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. When we're training for something or we wanna get better at something, don't we practice? How many practices do you take your children to that, they, that they're enrolled in and that they're good at? So, and how much time do we have them involved in that so that they get better at it? How much time do you, are you setting aside for this in their lives? What does their training regimen look like? What about your own life? How much time are you taking for yourself to train and be disciplined in an active prayer life? Don't get me wrong, this isn't easy. There are distractions at every corner. I struggle with this so much. The temptations to seek, the things in this world are everywhere. I want what everyone else has. I want to keep up with the Joneses. The problem with this type of mentality is that none of it matters. Nothing on this side of eternity will remain. We're all going to die. Our life will end. Unless Jesus returns before that. 1 Thessalonians 5, 5 through 6 says, For you are all children of the light and of the day. We don't belong to darkness and night, so be on your guard, not asleep like the others. Stay alert and be clear-headed. Don't sleep. Don't fall victim to this world. Don't cloud your mind and your judgment. 
with the desires of this world. Stay out of the darkness. We are children of light and we should want to act like it. Our lives should be purified if we are intently looking for Jesus. So are you ready and positioned for an eternity with him? Are you awake and ready for your day of salvation? Because salvation is coming for us and that salvation's name is Jesus. It's closer now than when we first believed. It is in this readiness that you start to see what the will of God might look like for your life. Let's get ready and wake up. Point number two. We need to clean up. Romans 13, verses 12 through 13 says, the night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here. So remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes and put on the shining armor of right living. Because we belong to the day, we must live decent lives for all to see. Don't participate in the darkness of wild parties and drunkenness or in sexual promiscuity and immoral living or in quarreling and jealousy. How many of you struggle with this? I know I do. I know that my sinful desire pulls me towards the things in this world and that, that I want to pursue dark things. How many times have you heard Pastor Jeff stand right where I'm saying, standing and say, if you're not having fun when you're sinning, you're doing it all wrong, right? The desires of wrongdoing is in all of us. We want to do what's wrong, and we're bent that way from birth. Let me share something with you. When I was lost and pursuing this world, lost meaning I did not have a personal relationship with Jesus, I had a desire to be the drunkest in the party. I had a desire to stay up the latest and be the crudest. I was filthy inside and out. I struggled with lust and with impure thoughts towards women. I couldn't wait to put others down to build myself up to make myself feel better. I wanted to smoke and drink and be the most horribly unloving person. Many who knew me knew that I was not a good person. I did this because I had a hole in my soul and I was trying to fill it with the things in this world. Most of these things I'm talking about, by the way, I did under the cover of night. I didn't want others to see who I truly was during the day. I was living two separate lives. C.S. Lewis, a great theologian, said in a quote, the more we let God take us over, the more truly ourselves we become because he made us, he invented us, he invented all the different people that you and I were intended to be. It is when I turn to Christ, when I give up myself to his personality, that I first begin to have a real personality of my own. That's good, right? We all seek to find ourselves and what we will become. But many of us don't even know what our own personality looks like. What does your personality look like? You see, when I was saved and I started pursuing Christ in my life is when things start, started to change. I accepted Christ as my personal savior and I knew I needed to allow him, him to change my life. I felt dirty when I would do the things that I used to do. Every time I would drink too much or cuss at things and act like this world, I would be convicted by the Holy Spirit within me. 
This was God actively changing my heart. 1 John 1.5 says, God is light. There is no darkness in him at all. I couldn't love God. I couldn't pursue Jesus and be dark. I couldn't chase after the nighttime in my life and still be active in the day. We belong to the day. As believers in Jesus, we belong to him. And we should want to please him in everything that we do. This doesn't mean that we won't fail. Oh, we will fail. But it means we have a repentant heart and that when we do wrong, we seek immediate forgiveness for it and we push towards what is right. Ephesians 5.11 says, take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. This means that we don't do what our flesh longs for. We can never flee from temptation. It will always find us. We can, however, flee from sin. We can combat sin with scripture. Jesus did. Every time the devil tempted Jesus, he would fire back with scripture in return. Hebrews 4.15 says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who's been tempted in every way just as we are. What does it say? Yet he did not sin. Jesus faced everything we do. He faced all types of temptations, but he didn't sin. He also exposed them as that, sin. He didn't falter, and we need to expose the sins in our life, like Ephesians 5.11 says. This doesn't mean, by the way, that you try to expose the other people's sins. Oh, we're good at that. Instead, expose your own sins to Christ, and ask for forgiveness. Change course direction. This is what I felt in my own life when I was chasing the world while trying to chase Jesus. This takes us back to verse 12, where it says, so remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes and put on the shining armor of right living. We need to remove our dark deeds. We need to take them and throw them to the side. We need to put on shining armor. Oh, who doesn't like shiny? Come on. I love shiny. It's sitting there waiting for us to put it on. Let's talk about dark versus light for a moment. Have you ever thought about how limited your vision is at night? How many fingers am I holding up? What color are my eyes? When you get in your vehicle at night or it's dark outside and you want to go somewhere, don't you use your headlights? Oh, I pray to God you do. <laughs> right? The stores, they have, their, they have their lights on so you can see them in the dark. You know where you're going, right? How about have you ever tried to feed yourself in the dark? Watch yourself. <laughs> the best, put on your clothing when it's pitch black. I do this very often because my wife, Chaney, she gets up a little later than I do, and I don't want to disrupt her. So some mornings I go over to my dresser and I rumble around in there and I'm picking out stuff. I'm like, yeah, this is going to work. I'm going to look good. Come on. All right, I go in there. I don't make a sound. It's not really the truth. I wake her up every time. Uh, so I walk in the bathroom, I close the door, turn on the lights, and I look like a total idiot because nothing matches. And if you know me, everything has to match. 
You guys should try this for yourselves. You guys should go into a dark room and dress yourself without laying anything out and see how successful you are. Now, turn on the lights. Throw away the darkness. It's daytime, folks. No lights needed. I don't need headlights to drive anywhere. The stores, their signs are all lit up by the sun. I can eat without spilling all over myself, I hope. I can wear the appropriate outfit without looking like a total moron, maybe. That may not be the only thing that makes me look like a moron. Anyways, what I'm trying to get at here is how much easier life is with light. Light. Living in truth. Chasing Jesus. It's going to be easier to cope and to deal with things in your life as they arise. And problems, they will arise. You will have to deal with conflict and having to do this in the light will be much easier than trying to figure it out in the dark. The enemy wants you to think that you can handle it in the dark and that's because he's lying there waiting for you. Turn on the light and watch the devil flee. The light is Jesus. The devil has fled my life since turning to Christ. Again, it doesn't mean that life is easy and I have no more issues, but my faith lies in Jesus and he has conquered the devil. You see, when Jesus died that gruesome death for all of us and rose again on our behalf, he gut shot the devil. Victory became his at that very moment, and now the enemy is floundering around trying to tempt and blind everyone in his path. We just need to remember that we're fighting from a place of victory, guys. Jesus won. If you believe in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, he wants to fight for you, and he will. You just need to throw away the darkness and expose it so that you can turn on the light. We belong to the day. Others should see this by how we live our lives. If we are seeking the will of God in our own life and we want to know what it is, we should throw away the darkness that is all around us. Listen up. I don't believe that God is going to reveal your true purpose in life or his will for you if you are dabbling in dark deeds. If you are in the light, living in the light and seeking him in your daily life, then you are going to know your purpose and what his will is for you. Let me ask you something. How are you cleaning up? What is something that makes you stand out and look different in a dark and dirty world? Are you putting aside your dark deeds? Point number three. We need to grow up. Romans 13, 14 says, instead, clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ and don't let yourselves think about ways to indulge your evil desires. We're all facing a battle in our lives. The battle I'm talking about is not a physical battle. It's not against other people. People are not the problem, we are. Others are not against us as much as the enemy is. The battle I'm talking about is spiritual. It's a battle against our evil desires. The battle is against the spiritual forces that are coming against us. 
Ephesians 6.12 says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, the authorities, the powers of this dark world, and the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. If that's who my struggle is against, then I dang sure better be prepared for battle. And how do I prepare for battle? By clothing myself with the presence of Jesus. Throw away the dirty. I've caught myself many times in my past, living in my past, and it's not healthy. I've longed to be like I used to be in my life since finding Christ. The desires and temptations, they're still there. I must combat this, and I must be prepared. If I want to seek Jesus and tell others about him, then I must prepare for battle. I must surround myself with those that are chasing Jesus. To be prepared, I need to dig into the word or the Bible. I need to surround myself with others that love him and I need to start having a healthy prayer life. Let's talk about the topic of children versus adults in clothing ourselves. When I was a child and I tried to dress myself, how successful was I? How successful were you? Did we match? Did we look appropriate? Were our parents proud of how we looked when we left the house and what we were wearing? As we grew, the matching of our clothes became better and how we presented ourselves became much more important. This is the same when we're talking about clothing ourselves with Jesus. It doesn't just happen overnight. It doesn't always even look or even feel right at times. But as you grow in your faith and you gain knowledge, you'll gain confidence in what you've learned and you start seeing the importance of wearing Jesus every day. Invest in yourself. Prepare for battle. Get ready. Are you a planner? How are you planning for your future? How are you going to walk in light and reproduce Christ? Take just a moment, check out this video. We are planners. We plan for the Monday. We plan for the weather. We plan our meals. We plan dates. We plan for the best. And the worst. We plan for the unexpected, for the future, for life. We plan vacations, parties, home improvements, grocery lists, and how to spend holidays. We plan to take up hobbies, to spend more time with our families, to be better people. We have retirement plans and 401ks. We plan on living forever. But remember, we have a plan for everything in this life, but do we have a plan to grow in our relationship with God? Do we have a plan to know Him more? What does your plan look like? Have we mapped out a plan to draw nearer to God? To build a relationship with Him? This should ultimately be our retirement plan. 
Are you planning for your daily prayers? Are you planning for your future spiritual development? How can you do this better? God made every single one of us in his image. We are all unique and we all have our own personality, our own looks, our own mind, and our own purpose. There is so much that sets us apart from everyone else. A lot of us have tried to look for other things to try and fill the void in our life. We have chased the darkness in this world, and all it does is drive a wedge deeper between us and God. We dig deeper and deeper into this void, and we bury ourselves into our sins. We shut off the people that are trying to chase Jesus in our lives, and we get reckless many times by the decisions that we make. Like building a fire without using your head like I did many, many times. I lose, you lose focus on what's in front of you and the direction that you are headed and you throw it to the wind. What if we did what verse 14 says and instead clothe ourselves with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ? If we do this and we do this regularly, then the thoughts of ways to indulge ourselves will be lessened. I wanna share with you a quote from a gal named Bernadette Devlin. She says, the will of God will never lead you where the grace of God will not protect you. To gain that which is worth having, it may be necessary to lose everything else. What have you lost in order to gain? It is difficult to walk with Jesus. It's hard to face this world. The enemy is strong, but Jesus is stronger. Or the sin, we just sung about it at the beginning of our message. Jesus is stronger, yo. The grace of God will protect you. It will guide you. Romans 12, 2 says, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Here it is. God's will is revealed after you put in the work to make him important in your life. It's a perfect will. It's exactly what he wants for you, but he won't force it on you. He'll definitely show it to you as you grow in your faith. You must continue your faith and learn more. You have to do it with repetition. We talked about it earlier today, training ourselves to pursue Christ. I'd like to finish up today with a few questions. Are you seeking the will of God in your life? Are you positioned to hear the will of God in your life? Is God trying to tell you his will for you and are you just too distracted to hear it? If you're wanting to know Jesus or what God's will is for you in your life and you've never started pursuing him, I'd love to share with you a prayer that'll change your life forever, forever. It's eternal. It's astounding what God wants to do in you and through you once you know him. Everyone, please just take a moment, bow your heads with me. If you want to say this prayer with me, then repeat these 
words in your heart and in your mind. Jesus, I am a sinner and I need you. I haven't always done things right, but I want to have you in my life. I ask for forgiveness of my sins and ask that you would give me a new life in your son, Jesus. Please come into my heart and make me new. Wash away all the old. God, it won't always be easy, but I will do my best to pursue you always in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.